Join me, if you will, in the book of Ephesians chapter 5. And uh, in our men's Bible study on Thursday morning, we are, uh, we've probably got a couple of more Thursdays, and we're going to finish up the study of Ephesians. Then we're going to take off the rest of the month of November and January. Children's Church, I need to let you go, right? Go, go, go. Thank you, for parents, for remembering that when I don't. Uh, and then we're going to take off November and January and December, and before we start our another, uh, the next study, but uh, guys, if you, I've, I've enjoyed that. If, uh, if you haven't been a part of the Thursday morning study, let me encourage you, adjust your schedules. And uh, we, we start at eight, we finish at nine. And we really try to stay really, really close to that. So uh, that's, uh, adjust your schedules and try us after the first year. I think you'll enjoy it. As we have been going through the book of Ephesians, I have been so... Uh, and blessed and encouraged by learning together with this group of men on Thursday morning. In this letter that Paul writes, in the beginning of the letter, he, is, he, he, he Paul, as he can, like a, a very skilled craftsman, builds a solid foundation uh, to, uh, for our faith to grow upon. He, he builds this foundation of who we are as believers. And he uses a term that, is, that a lot, it's called in Christ. So in Christ, we, uh, we have our forgiveness, we have our, our freedom, we have uh, all uh, of, of the blessings of God in Christ. And in Christ, we realize who we are according to God's plan from before the foundation of the world that we would be a part of him bringing Jews and Gentiles together into one body called the church, his body. And he lays this foundation to the first part of the letter. As we get to, to the middle of the letter, last part of the, of the letter, chapter 4, 5, and 6, Paul then uh, helps us to, to see what this, uh, what this in Christ looks like when it's lived out in our lives, our walk with each other, with other Christians, and our walk before the world. Uh, and as we get to that... Uh, in chapter 4, he encourages there in verse 2 that uh, we're to walk in unity, uh, one with another. And then in, in, before the world, uh, in verse 17, he tells us that we're to walk in purity or in holiness, different from the unbelievers that we're to walk. Our walk is to be in purity. In chapter 5, verse 2, he tells us that we're to walk in love. And then in verse 8, he tells us that we're to walk in light, not in darkness, but in light. And then as he gets down to verse 15, he tells us that we're to walk circumspectly or carefully or purposefully. That every step that we take as a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, as a, a believer of the Lord Jesus Christ, as a Christian, that we need to be careful how we walk. And as we, as we get to that point, I want to pick up with verse 15 this morning and read through verse 21, and I, that's going to be our text. And I want to talk to you about what does a spirit-filled Christian look like? What does a spirit-filled Christian look like? Usually, uh, Craig's got it. You should be able to read this with me, if you will. By the way, let me just tell you, um, it was hilarious. You did good. First service, I don't know what was going on this morning. They, uh, the happy birthday, it was, it was, it was pitiful. I thought it was the worst I'd ever heard. And, uh, 
But, but there was something went on. I, I need to tell you this, and we'll read the scripture. It was hilarious. I, I'm out gallivanting around and visiting, and, and so I come back, and I stand beside uh, a friend, and, and they're, they're singing a praise and worship song, same one that y'all sung. And so I just stopped beside my, my friend over here, and, and, uh, and man, I'm just I'm enjoying singing, and Jesus and me are having a good time worshiping. And, and I noticed my friend reached in his pocket and got a, a remote control. Do you, do you know that hearing aids now come with remote controls? Any of y'all got a remote, got a hearing aid with remote control? Yeah. And, and, and when he got out his remote control and started turning down his hearing aid because I was thinking, I got plum tickles. And I punched, I punched him. I said, hey, listen, I'll tone it down. I'm just worshiping Jesus here. And he got tickled. We like to have a time. All right, so leave your hearing aids up. We'll read this together. It'll be better than the singing. All right, let's read this with me. See then that you walk circumspectly. Not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Speak unto yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of the Lord. Father, your word is so clear. Your word is so powerful. Your word is life. Now, Lord, you be the preacher. You come and let your word become alive in our hearts and our minds, not that we would just know more, but that would be more, more like your son, Jesus Christ. In your name we pray. Amen. Now, as we, as we, as we look at this, uh, I've, I've learned over the years that uh, when I talk about what does a spirit-filled Christian look like, that, that, that term spirit-filled is kind of like a buzzword. And it means different things to different people. I, I have people ask me on a regular basis, are you spirit-filled? And, uh, and I, I want to say to them, well, according to Romans 8, the Holy Spirit of God lives in my heart and as a believer, I want to say that to him, but I, I've learned. I know usually it's a it's buzz for do you speak in tongues, right? Yeah, and, and it's sad. It's sad when we've got to to using one gift of the spirit or another gift of the spirit to determine if a person's spirit filled. A lot of times people say to me, "Is this a spirit filled church?" Had that question asked me recently, "Is are y'all spirit filled down there?" And I want to say, "No, we're just a bunch of dead people sitting in there and just come to worship." <laughs> But, but so I, what, what I, what I want to do, I believe as we examine what Paul is saying here, as we're to walk, as to, we're to be filled with the Spirit. And, uh, and, and let me just, just a word here on that word, be filled. Just quickly, and then we're going to go on this. But be filled in, in the Greek is in, a, is in the imperative mood. And it's, it demands obedience. It's not an option. It's not something, hey, by the way, you might want to try being filled with the Spirit. It's not, that's not what it's saying. It's in the imperative mood. It means that, it's, it, that it demands obedience. It is in the plural form. So if, it was, you know, if we were saying it, we'd say, all y'all, all y'all be filled with the Spirit. It is for every believer, okay? It is in the passive mood. In other words, that means that I can't do it for myself, okay? That's like I can't crucify me, Okay? That is something that has to be done to me or for me. 
So be filled with the Spirit. It's, a, it's, it's in a passive mood. I can't do it, but it's something that the Holy Spirit of God does within me. And not only is it in the imperative mood, plural form, passive voice, but it's in the present tense. And I love this because that is in, it's in continuous present, and it means that it is constantly be being filled. A good interpretive translation would be be being filled with the Holy Spirit. It means day by day, hour by hour, uh, day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year, continuously being filled with the Holy Spirit. And the fact that Paul would place it now right here when he talks about walking circumspectly, that he would place it here and he would put it in the same context as not being filled with wine where he's in, in excess, but being filled with the Spirit says to me it's significant. And I, and I love this. We, we were talking about you, you don't drive under the influence. It used to be DUIs. If you stopped, you were under the, with too, blew too high uh, something on the alcohol, you were given a DUI, driving under the influence. Now I think it's called DWI, driving while impaired. And it, it includes a lot, but it means that you're under control of something. And so Paul has said, don't let outside uh, 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 outside things outside your body like alcohol or drugs don't let that control your body but instead let the Holy Spirit control you as Christians after first service someone came up to me and said um, instead of a DWI driving while intoxicated we should be LWE living while empower, empowered I love that or instead of DUI driving under the influence we'll LUI living under the influence of the Holy Spirit I love that all right I want, us to, I want you to look at this because I believe that Paul brings it clearly into focus uh, about what living, being filled with the Spirit, how it looks like lived out in our lives, at least in the connotation of these things that he's talking about us to walk carefully. And, and, and Paul does this as he gets to verse 15 and verse 21 from here on, the rest of chapter 5 and the, rest, and, and the first part of chapter 6 is he's talking about our relationships, okay? So he was saying the Holy Spirit of God really needs to be obviously lived out in our relationships. The first is he talks about the relationship of husband and wife. And then he talks about our relationship as parent-child in the first part of chapter 6. And then with about verse uh, 5 through verse 9 of chapter 6, He's talking about the relationship of slave and master. Today, we would say of employee-employer, I think. Now, what I'd love to do is I want to find somebody that's got a New Living Translation. Who's got that? It, it's, it's a brave person. John did this morning. New Living Translation. All right, all right, Bill, you're going to let you use a loud voice, okay? I want you to stand up there, and I'm, I'm going to be like an interrupter because I want, you to, I want you to see what Paul is saying to us when he tells us don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit, and you're going to start with verse 19, and I'm going to interrupt you, Bill. Be quick to know that, but I want you to see this and listen to this. Watch verse 19, Bill. Now, are you in the New Living? You're, you got a parallel edition there. Go ahead. Then, all right, I, I told you to interrupt you. <laughs> It'll get better, Bill. Stay with me. As, as we are being filled with the Holy Spirit of God, then as a result of, because the Holy Spirit, part of the controlling, then what, Bill? We will sing songs to the Lord, spiritual songs to the Holy Spirit, making music to the 
All right, part of, as he fills us, Paul's saying one of the characteristics is going to be, there's going to be a joy in your life. There's going to be praise in your life. Next verse, Bill. And in addition to what the Holy Spirit is doing with the praise and the, and the worship and the joy. And, Bill. All right, and. One of the results of, of, of being spirit-filled is there's going to be a gratitude of attitude. There's going to be a thankfulness. Here he says, and you're going to give thanks to God and of all the things, all the time. But verse 21 is where I'm going to get us to. And the next word. <laughs> yes. He is a quick learner, this guy is. And, what, and the next word. And furthermore. Okay, I love this. And furthermore, he said, besides the joy, besides the praise, besides the thankfulness, on top of all that, and furthermore, Bill, read it. Thank you, Bill. Good job. He deserves a good job. And I want to focus in this morning. I may come back unless the Lord changes. I may come back and look at those other two in the, in the coming weeks. But this morning, I want to look at verse 21. And I want, to, I want to focus in on submitting ourselves one to another in, out of respect or in the fear, King James says, in the fear of God. 1966, uh, Ray Stedman out on the West Coast uh, preached a message, and his key text was, was verse 21. And he, his title of the message was, Cure for All Conflicts, The Cure for All Conflicts. And uh, he says in that text, as he's introducing the message, or in, in the message, he says that, in his opinion, the solution for all the conflicts between individuals could be put into one sentence. Verse 21, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of the Lord. Now, James, the book of James, James would tell us in chapter 4, he tells us where the, the, the source of conflict among us. He says, and... Uh, I may, I, may, I may keep using again. I don't know if you're real into it, Bill. But James says, where, where, where comes, from whence come wars and fightings among you? Now, other translations say what there? Quarrels and arguments are conflicts. You want to know the source of conflicts in the body of Christ? You want to know the source of quarrels and, and, and relationships where there's parent, child, child, parent, spouses, work? Where do these all come from? What's the source? James says, they come not, come they not hence, even of your lust that were in your members. You lust, you have not. You kill, desire to have. You cannot get. You fight and war, yet you have not because you ask not. And when you do ask, you don't receive because you ask it amiss that you may would consume it upon your lust. What's he saying? He's saying the source of conflicts, according to James, it's all about me. It's all about me. Now, guys, uh, I was in counseling before I was ever in, in ministry, but I've been in, in pastoring here. God love you. God bless you. I've been here for thir- thir- well, 33 years. It's been 33 years. And, and my observation, not just my observation over the years, is that I believe selfishness. I believe that selfishness is the greatest cause of conflict in marriages in, in, in relationships, in families, on the job, and in the churches. I believe that it's selfishness. It's all about what makes me happy. 
What makes me happy? We look at their advertisements today on TV and we understand that. That's what they're geared to. The advertisements, you just look at them and they're, they're wanting to sell you the one thing else that you need to make your life complete. You know? And if you've got this, you'll look good, you'll feel good, you'll be good, everybody will love you and look at all that, look at what's going to happen, you know? And, it's, 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 and, and it works. Millions and millions and billions of dollars are poured into it because they know that it's all about me. I'm convinced, and I assure you, I'm a guy that, that grew up with an anger problem, okay? You, you, you know that. I mean, I've shared that with you. It's nothing new. I, I, my nickname from my sister, who was precious, Janie nicknamed me, or Susie, one of the two. I guarantee it's one of the two. But they call me Ill Hornet, okay? Yeah. Angry. If I'd been big, I'd have really been in trouble, Randy. Praise the Lord. He gives you, you know. But anger and conflict usually come when I don't get what I want. When what I want or what I desire is hindered by somebody else or something else, my spouse, my kids, my boss, my pastor, my job, it could be all these things. But when they get in the way, they're keeping me from being happy. God, if you just straighten them out, we'd be all right here. I want to talk to you this morning, being filled with the Spirit and submitting one to another in the fear of the Lord. I want to give you what I feel like are two keys to walking in the Spirit. By the way, Colossians, I didn't use that, I don't think I used that scripture this morning, did I? Colossians, is it Colossians 5? Craig, you got that? Galatians, not Colossians, Galatians, thank you. We're talking about the fruit of the Spirit, and we're talking about the dwelling of the Holy Spirit being filled. Galatians, Galatians, yeah, Galatians 5 says, but the fruit of the Spirit... Is, read this with me. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Now, hang on a second. Let me just ask you. This is a, these are a result of. This is what the Holy Spirit produces, part of what the Holy Spirit produces in our lives as he indwells us and is filling us day by day. Now, I love, we'll do this in marriage counseling, and I'll have people read this, and if you read it out of a, the New Living Translation or even out of the paraphrase, if there's some words in there you don't understand, like temperance, it uses the word self-control. I'm a lot more comfortable with temperate. I think I'm temperate, but when it throws in self-control, ah. but, but we read this, and I just say, do you think if you're, <laughs> this, is a re, don't, this is just a rhetorical question. If your spouse is exhibiting all these fruit in his or her life, do you think they'd be easier to live with or harder to live with? Just think about that. All right, next verse I think I've got. And they that are Christ have crucified with the flesh, with the affections and lusts thereof. Look at this. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. And, And what it's literally saying, let us walk under the control of, are empowered by, the Holy Spirit of God, okay? So that's what Paul is telling, that's what Paul is looking at as he's writing to these Ephesians and he's telling them to live in unity, to live in love, to live in, in light, to, to, you know, to live in purity, to live purposefully and to live in harmony now, he's here saying in our relationships. And he's saying the only way you can do that is by the, relying upon and depending upon the Holy Spirit of God. Now, There's two keys. First one is this. For the follower of Christ, 
the Christian, the believer, in every relationship of life, of our life, in every relationship of our life, there is another unseen person present, unseen party, and that is the Holy Spirit of God. We could say Jesus, or we could say the Lord. He's, he's there. He's there. I remember as a 15-year-old, 16-year-old uh, teenager getting a book from uh, Word of Life, Scroon Lake, New York, Jack Wurtzen, remember those guys? <clears throat> Good ministry. And, and I remember getting this book, and this book had such, I still remember it, that had that kind of impact on me. And a little booklet was saying, as a Christian, Jesus lives in our heart. Okay? Scripture, very sound. Jesus is living in me. And the book that said, everywhere you go, you take Jesus with you as a Christian. Everything you see or watch, Jesus is watching with you. Everything you listen to or hear, Jesus is listening to with you. And that had a profound effect on my life. It still is having a profound effect on my life. I mean, there are times, there are things and places I've went that I've, I really wanted to say, hey, Jesus, you wait out here. I, I, you, know, you won't be comfortable in there. I'll be back in a little while. And that's not what, uh, that's not what the words are saying. That's not what God's word says. In every area of our life, every relationship of our life, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, is there. So now it's not simply about what I want versus what you want. Okay? To the unbeliever, to the, to the unbeliever and unchristian, it may often, and it often is, it may be, and it often is about my will versus your will. My way or your way, man. Can't be both. And it's going to be my way. And that's conflict. That's anger. That's tension. But for those of us who are desiring and who desire to walk in the Spirit, if we live in the Spirit, let's also walk in the Spirit. If our desire is to walk under the influence of control by the Holy Spirit of God, the greater issue is the matter of my relationship with Christ. My obedience to his word. My submission to his word and to the Holy Spirit of God and allowing him to control me. Really, it boils down to doing what Jesus wants me to do. And if we could just stop long enough before we pull the trigger, it's obviously hunting season because I'm thinking about shooting something and I hadn't even been out hunting enough. But, but those of you that are shooters, understand with me, right? You want to take that, before you pull the trigger, you want to take that one last breath, right? And then you want to squeeze the trigger. You just want to throw it up and jerk. But how many times in our relationships do we not take time to stop and to take that one breath of, of the Holy Spirit? So you're right. We want to throw up a jerk. When we take that time to stop and to realize and, to, and see him and to remember his presence is there, his power is there, his mind is there, and he's there, it can be a powerful influence and have a powerful effect in our lives. Paul understands that and and this is and he understands that very very clearly and that's why this chapter that's why this whole concept is so powerful because in relationships look at this in these relationships that Paul goes into 
Husbands and wives, first thing at verse 21 is submitting yourselves one to another. Then wives, submit yourselves unto your husbands. By the way, I tell you, Barbie and I, we read this scripture together on our wedding night a little over 45 years ago. I wanted her to get this. (laughs) And she had an agenda because when we got to verse 25, she wanted me to get it. See, I think one of the most difficult things in the world for a woman to do is submit to a husband, especially if the husband is not loving her like Christ loved the church. And one of the hardest things in the world for a man to do is when we get to verse 25, he says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. And then look what he says next. And gave himself. One of the hardest things in the world for a man to do is to give himself for his wife, Right? I mean, we work all week, work five days a week, bring in the money. Saturday comes, I want to go hunting, I want to go fishing, or I want to go play golf. And the wife says, honey, we need to get some Christmas presents. And I say, honey, I brought the money in, go to your, take the checkbook and go get them. Well, they won't really be from both of us if I have to pick them out by myself. <laughs> See, I've been there and done all that stuff. I know, I know. God loved my wife. I, I told her uh, yesterday, I was saying, honey, you, you have persevered. She looked at me, I said, you have stayed with me, you know, and you're still there. Paul understands that we can't do this kind of stuff. We can't submit to one another, even in the relationship with people that we love, like our husband and wife, dearly, unless we have this principle. Look what it says in verse 22. Wives, the only way you're going to be able to do that is unto the Lord. Husbands, 25, the only way you're going to be able to do that in verse 25, love and give yourself, your wife, is as Christ loved the church. Look in chapter 6, verse 1. Children, obey your parents. And we say, our parents don't understand you know, they're old, they're outdated. It wasn't like it was when they're, when they were, you know, when we're, when we're, you know, when we're teenagers, we never have the, we can't understand that our parents ever were a teenager. And if they ever were, it was so different then. And now as I get to be a grandparent, I just love watching my kids and their kids. I love it. I've told you that, you know, but it's all different. But the only way we can do that, how? Parents, children, obey your parents in the Lord. Parents, what's down there in verse four? And, and fathers, our parents, uh, one verse says, one translation says, don't exacerbate your, does it say, don't exacerbate your children? I don't think I ever did that, but I was tempted a time or two. I don't know what that means, but it sounds like something you do with a pillow. <laughs> I'm exacerbating you. I mean, just, do it. I, I don't know. <laughs> but this says, and, and fathers, don't provoke your children to wrath. Why? Why does it say that? It says, because we're to bring them up in the fear and admonition of the Lord. Okay. When we get, when we get to uh, verse five, employees don't just do a good job when somebody's standing over you watching when the foreman's there or the boss is there don't just do a good job he said he says don't do it as with eye eye service lip service and then to the employers or to the masters in verse 9 and I love this verse 9 he says and you masters do the same things unto them for forbearing threat in other words stop threatening them stop being cruel to your employees stop being demeaning and demanding you can ask you can talk to people as adults and human beings you don't have to berate them and you need to do that well I love what it says here knowing that your master also is in heaven you see what Paul is getting at he's saying that in all our relationships if we're ever going to be able to submit, and I, I shouldn't even say it that way. If we're ever going to be able to submit, that's ridiculous. As believers, of, 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 as, as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ and followers of Christ, it ain't about me being able to. It's about me submitting and allowing the Holy Spirit to do that. And as we do that, we do that in realization that it's because of him. 
that we do it unto him and out of obedience to him. If we fail and when we forget his presence, then it becomes my way versus your way. And I just want to tell you, when that happens in the Hilton household, pride and stubbornness are two good buddies that I used to hang out with a lot. And they're quick to show up. They're quick to show up. We get dug in. I was telling, not long ago, man, Barbie got on my nerves so bad. that, that, That evening, it wouldn't have mattered what she said or what she did. It was wrong before she ever started. And I was letting her know that. And it, and it finally got to the point, it was so bad, finally I got up and went into the other room. Now, there was a football game on TV, but I didn't turn TV on. And while I was in the other room, it's, it, it, I'm serious, this is the way God does me. And God said, Helton, what are you doing in here? I said, I need to get away. He said, you're exactly right, but you can't get away from me. What are you doing in here? I said, I need to talk to you. Now, I, come out, I would come out later, I think it may have been the next day, but later I scanned to Barbie. I said, Barbie, yesterday afternoon, I couldn't stand being with me. She said, I know, I couldn't either. <laughs> it's the truth. She'll tell you, that's true. And, and I said to her, that's why I went to the other room. I am so sorry. I'm so sorry. It, all, it became all about pride and stubbornness. I, where, where's I fell into acknowledge the presence of God right there. He would have been, I would never have been that, talk to her like that in the presence of my daddy or her daddy. But I did it in the presence of my Lord. And that ain't right, folks. That ain't right. Our first responsibility is to represent him well, to obey him. To me, that's what recognizing the lordship of Christ in my life is about. That's part of that. What does a spirit-filled Christian look like? It's a person who could submit to one another in the fear of the Lord because they realize that God's there and it's more about him than what I want or what you want. There's another key. I told you there's two and I need to go with this. And I've got, I've got sandwiches, we've got sandwiches at the house so I've got nothing burning. If you've got anything on, you may want to call somebody or just slip out. No, it's not going to be that long. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> Second key is this. You know, you know is, it, is it Corinthians, is it 2 Corinthians 5, 17? Is it 2 Corinthians or 1 Corinthians where it says, therefore, if any man is in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation, right? Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So as a follower of Christ, as a Christian, as a new creation, there is a new desire in my life, and it's not about me. And Jesus modeled this for us. He, he, he modeled this, how to walk like this. In the, in the book of Philippians, I, and, and this is powerful, I love this. Philippians chapter 2. It says, look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which also was also in Christ Jesus. In other words, this is how Jesus thought, and he wants us this to be a part of our thinking process. This is how we process it. This is how Jesus would think. What is that? What was that mind? This is this. Jesus, who being in the form of God, he didn't think it was robbery to be equal with God, but he made himself of no reputation. It wasn't about him. 
And he took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Look at this. And found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself. Look at this. And became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. What did Jesus model for us? He modeled this submissive mind. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of the Lord. Jesus said, it's not about me. It's about my Father's will. Lord, you sent me here to redeem humankind. You sent me here as a, to make a payment once and for all for all sin. That's why I can say, it's not what, nevertheless, my will. I don't want to do this this way. But nevertheless, not my will. What? But your will be done. As we, as we see that. Now, this is another observation I've made. That the person who goes through life with the world revolving around them. Now, you may not have ever met anybody like that. But, uh, but you know what? And sometimes, I just want to tell you, Barbara and I were talking last night, we, we, we've, got the, we've got seven of the best grandkids in the world. And our two youngest ones, Taylor and uh, Zane. Uh, <laughs> that's all right. Some of you got seven. You know what I'm talking about. I'll go through the list. Well, I'll tell you what's bad is when we walked down on the porch the other day and Barbie's going to call her dog Gray. And she started with the grandkid's name before she ever got to the dog. And I said, honey. She said, Taylor, Mackenzie, Gray. I mean, Gray. I'm just saying, I ain't got there yet, but I'm, I'm, I know once I've said it, I'll probably be there. But, but we'll have, you know, we'll have some of the grandkids there. And um, I don't want them, they're jealous. Okay? They're jealous. I, I, I'll, be, I'll be playing with the, with the two-year-old, and the three-year-old will want me to play with them too. Or they'll come over and get right in the middle. You ever, you ever know? They're, they're so jealous. <laughs> hey, Zane, I see you. He's back there. I didn't know you was here. He's back there waving me, Dado. Now, folks, we kind of expect that with our kids, and we, and we, we, we try to, to discipline that out of them. My, it's about me, it's about my, my world is about mine, and we tell them about sharing. Even yesterday, we had puzzles, and, I, and uh, Taylor and Zane, and we're teaching them to get, you know, just share this puzzle. We can put it together. And it's one thing when it's a two-year-old and a three-year-old. It's another thing when it's two 50-year-olds that have been believers for 40 years. Hello? You know what I'm saying to you? It's funny when it's kids because we, we, we pray for wisdom to grow out of them. It ain't funny, folks. It ain't funny when it gets into the body of Christ and when it gets into homes and destroys homes and destroys relationships and divides churches. The person whose life revolves around them, whose world revolves around them, I found usually end up empty-handed. They may have a full bank account, but they're empty. A lot of times they're lonely, hollow inside. Somebody has diagnosed this, I think an accurate description. Destination sickness. Destination sickness. And it's the awful awareness of arriving where you wanted to go, only to realize that it's not what you wanted and you're miserable. If we make, try to make life and our life boils down to all about me and what I want in mind, be careful. You could end up there. As a believer, as a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, it's not his desire. It's not his will. And to end up there, you have to walk all across and, and, and confront and ignore the Holy Spirit of God
saying, I'm here. My word's here. I can help you walk through this. Do you want to follow me? Do you want my way or your way, Helton? to quit with that <laughs> I say one of the characteristics of the spirit filled Christian we can we can and they're, they're, you may get a lot of them but one of the characteristics of a, of a person who's walking in the spirit our spirit filled Christian is you're going to find a person with a submissive teachable spirit and attitude if they're really living it out now I'm not saying if I'm not saying that you find, don't find Christians that don't have it you do and you find even pastors that lose, lose focus and lose what I need to be zeroed in at times and have to go to another room in the house because I can't stand to be with me and I can't get away from me there. I want to close with a course this morning. Barbie and I learned this many years ago. Herbie and I were the only two that knew it first service. <laughs> but Herbie is good, and he said, Jerry, it was a simple tune, and, and, and I just followed his key. But uh, we, we learned this together many years ago, and it's been a powerful course in our lives. And the course is, I want God's way to be my way. And uh, some of you know I want God's way to be my way as I travel here below, for there is no other highway that a child of God should know. Though the road be long and rough, if he leads me, tis enough. I want God's way to be my way every day. That's what we've been talking about, Right? following Jesus, listening to the Holy Spirit of God and obeying him. How many of you know this course? Stick your hands up. Praise the Lord. We got a few. Barbie said, I said, ask her this morning. She does know it. All right. It's easy and you'll catch on. I don't know what key it's in. So I'm just going to sing it. You just sing it. Here we go. I want God's way to be my way as I travel here below. For there is no other highway that a child of God should know. Though the road be long and rough, if he leads me, tis enough. I want God's way to be my way every day. You got it. Let's do it again. I want God's way to be my way as I travel For there is no other highway that a child of God should know. Though the road be long and rough, if he leads me, tis enough. I want God's way to be my way every day. Now, now listen to me. Keep it back up there, Craig. We, we learned that. And then Barbie and I began to sing it. We want God's way to be our way. As we travel here below. For there is no other highway that a child of God should know. And the road gets long and rough sometimes. Though the road, road be long and rough. It does. Things happen. If he leads us. Tis enough. We want God's way. To be our way every day. How about standing with me and do one, one thing as we close with this. 
If you're here and your spouse is close by you, where you can, I want you to grab her or his hand. Uh, and if, and uh, if, if those engaged people, you can do that. If not, this applies not only in marriages, folks, listen to me. As Paul is talking about submitting yourselves one to another in our relationships and all our relationships, this should be the prayer of the body of believers who meet to worship at a place called House of Prayer. We want God's way to be our way. We need his leadership. We need to follow him. Grab a hand and let's, let's do this with we. You can do it. We want God's way to be our way as we travel here below. For there is no other highway that a child of God should know. Though the road be long and rough, if he leads us, tis enough. We want God's way to be our way every day. Father, that's not only our song, but that's our prayer. Lead us, and we want to follow. In your name, amen.